Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. As you listen to God's word today, may it become for you fresh water for your thirsty soul, give you hope to cope, and wisdom to thrive, excel, and become everything God says you are. God bless you as you listen to today's sermon. Good morning, ACC. Um, Thank you for the opportunity to do this. May I please start by saying a few things. First, I'm extremely nervous, so forgive me. And the second, this is not a sermon. (laughs) I'm not qualified to give sermons. (laughs) But I am qualified, it appears, to share about goal setting. So that's what I'm going to do today. And because this isn't a sermon, NK, we have permission to let people ask questions if they absolutely need to. I will leave that to the end, but if you do have questions, um, just like NK said, put them down and I'll happily take a couple at the end. Okay. So this um, sharing I titled in 2020, hashtag goals. And for those of us who are in any way have any young people around us or interact with social media in any way, we understand hashtags and goals has been trending. It hasn't changed, has it? (laughs) Everybody's always looking for hashtag goals. Um, So this is my hashtag goals 2.0 because I've done a bit of updating to what I did before. So we'll start first with a definition of a goal. Um, A goal is an idea of the future or desired result that a person or group of people envision, plan, and commit to achieve people often endeavor to reach goals within a finite time by setting deadlines. So I want to point out a few things in this definition. The word plan, the word achieve, the word commit, and finally deadlines. Those are key elements of any plan or any goal effectively. So if you have a goal and you haven't thought about it in the context of a plan, is it really a goal? If you haven't thought about it in context of how do you achieve it, is it really a goal? Have you set any deadlines? Do you know when you want to achieve that goal? That's important. So goal setting involves the development of an action plan designed to motivate and guide a person or group towards a goal. So again, back to this plan situation here. So you can have a goal, but it's only a goal if there's a plan associated with it. Otherwise, it's just an idea or a thought, right? So in order for something to qualify as a goal, there needs to be a plan that you assign to it. So we can say resolutions, New Year's resolutions, as we're talking about um, taking stock. What are you actually taking stock of if it wasn't a plan, right? If it was just an idea, your stock taking isn't going to be able to say, okay, this is what I thought I was going to do. This is how I thought I was going to do it. And today, this is how far I've gotten. Stock taking is actually doing that process, right? It's inventory, it's sitting back and looking, okay, here was my plan. This is where I am today. Either these are the steps I need to make to get to the end of it, or this is how I need to refocus, right? Course correct. So planning is a key part of any goal. 
So I get to stand in front of you and talk about this just because I have been a project manager for, what's this now, Ma? 15 years? Yeah, wow. Time flies, and I'm not, I wasn't trained. I was thrown onto a project, a construction project site, by the way, <laughs> and I never forget the first day I went into this project meeting. There's a contractor, an architect, all these technical people, they're in hard hats and, you know, their technical gear, and I show up, you know, pencil skirts, I'm used to corporate spaces, so I come to work dressed in a suit, and everybody was looking at me like, auntie, what are you doing here? <laughs> are you lost? Um, and I had been given title project manager, and I'd never done anything like that before. I walked into the room. Within six months, I had earned the respect of the people at the table who had to report to me, yet even though I didn't know anything about what they did, the only thing I can do is A, give glory to God for that, but B, I've always been someone who can see things in steps, right? And that's all I did. I didn't know construction, had no idea about it. But I'm someone who can, you say you want to do something, okay, what's the first step in doing it? And guide you by asking questions about how it is you do it or what it is that goes into doing it. And if we don't, all don't know, thank God for Google, right? Go and start Googling, spend some time, read about it. What have other people done? There's a lot of information. And if you care to learn, chances are you'll probably be able to break it down into small, bite-sized, swallowable <laughs> frogs, right? And then you take it and run with it. So there's the piece of being able to break it down. But then what I discovered was my gift was the actual doing, right? driving the process. Because that's the, the steps of breaking it down to that one too. Some people are good at doing it, right? A lot of us like to take pen to paper. You start doing lists. Do this, do this. Today's to-do list, blah, blah, blah. Then you have a 20 points list, correct. Now going from the first to the end of the list, that's where you need the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so, I've learned a few things in the time that I've been doing this. And one of the easiest acronyms, and I think many of us have probably come across it, is SMART, right? Setting SMART goals. How many of us have heard this acronym or term? Setting SMART goals. Okay, so there's, the acronym stands for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Relevant, and Time-bound. Because in order for a plan to be executable, and is that a word? I'm not sure, but I've made it if it isn't. In order for a plan to be executable, it really needs to have some limitations. And these limitations are that it needs to be smart. So specific, the question you're asking yourself is what exactly do I want to achieve? And then you need to make sure that that goal is clear in your mind. Until you have clarity about what it is you're trying to do, it's really quite hard to put specifics to it. So that's what you, your first step is asking yourself, what am I trying to achieve? I usually like to use the, ex, the example of weight loss because it's, it's easy, quite, quite easy to, to put into context, right? And all of us at some points, male, female, weight loss, weight gain, one of those, right, have wanted to do one or the other. What exactly are you trying to achieve? Is it that you are tired of having to unbutton your top button when you sit down? Well, after you eat one meal, <laughs> problems, right? 
Or is it that every time you go in to get dressed, you have to pick out like 10 different things because every time you try it on, you try to put your arm up and chalet is not going. So there's various things or you wear an outfit and it's supposed to fit a particular way and you find there's all this space in it, right? So what is it that you're trying to achieve? Okay, I need to lose an inch, two inches, or I need to gain an inch, two inches. That is a specific goal. Then it needs to be measurable. How will you know when you've achieved it, right? How do you know that, okay, what I set out to do has now happened? So you need to have it be measurable. So you'll need to be able to track your progress. And that also involves time, but we'll get to the time part of it. It needs to be achievable. So if it is two inches, can you do it tomorrow? Whether it's gaining it or losing it, is tomorrow really a realistic time frame? So then look at when can it actually be done? and then list your specific tasks involved in getting it there. Now, the relevance of it is your why. Not knowing your why helps or keeps you from staying motivated, right? Because we all know doing or getting through things requires motivation. You have to motivate yourself, and the only thing that really keeps many of us motivated is our why. So you need to get down to why am I trying to do this? Is it because I really like this dress? Or what is the reason? Or is it that I really feel unhealthy and I really want to get to a place where I'm more healthy? Because chances are you're wanting to get more healthy is going to be more motivational than the dress or the suit that you want to wear. Because ultimately, you can get a new one if that's really, it's about the dress, right? But if you're trying to be more healthy, chances are you'll stick with it better. And the final one that's one of my favorites is really time bound. When do you want to achieve the goal? But time and measure are two things that are very tightly interrelated. When it's measurable, usually you set a time to it and you track that timeline. And you set milestones within that timeline to make sure that you're on your right path. So SMART is one of the easiest acronyms to remember with goal setting. If you remember nothing else from anything I say today, you'll probably remember the frogs because I know everybody remembers that one. And the final piece is remember SMART, and you can Google it at any point, it will show you the same exact acronym and get you back on track. Okay, so why this is 2.0 is I started to think about what are the biblical keys for goal setting, right? And what does the Bible say about goal setting? We've, I've had instances in which people have thrown things at me and told me, that basically made me think, ah, is the Bible saying I shouldn't bother with goal setting? But the other piece is also because, like I said, I'm somebody who's always been very keen on breaking things down into steps and executing them. And I always say I plan and God laughs, like all the time. Sense of humor we have issues about. I always say that we, I have a long, I have a running list, again, lists, right, of things that we will have to discuss face-to-face -face that day. <laughs> I'll just give him a chair. Let's, let's, let's talk about this before we go any further through gates or anything. You let's just <laughs> discuss this because I have some issues. But, yeah, there, there's a lot that the Bible says about not really everything that you plan to do. First, make sure it aligns with God, Right? So Proverbs 16, verse 3 says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. But the one we hear most often is probably Matthew 6, verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. 
So for me, I think that's really the crux of it, right? Make sure that anything you are trying to do is aligning with God's plan. And chances are, majority of it will work. I say, I say majority advisedly <laughs> because God is still out there being funny. Okay, the other piece is faith, right? And humility is what I thought about. I'm like, so there's faith where we know mustard seed faith can move mountains. And yet, in the belief that a must, in mustard seed faith can move mountains, you need to have the humility to be able to recognize that God's sovereignty may mean that even though you have the ability to move the mountain, that mountain is not yours to move. So we need to approach God with our plans and submit them to his will. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. So what I've learned now is that whenever I want to make a plan or whenever a plan comes to me or a goal comes to me, I spend time praying about it. And it's not always, oh Lord, please help me this, that, and the other. Sometimes it's just like, all right, so this thing looks really good. I think we should do it. What do you think? And God, you guys, forgive me. I do this in my house. My, my husband looks at me funny, but I literally can be in the morning first thing. I'm like, okay. So I was thinking about this, right? And you said that I could do so and so, and you actually put this in my spirit. So like, can we do this? Because yes, I think we can do it. And then I'll be talking out loud. I'm not answering myself though. So I think I'm still okay. <laughs> but I, it hasn't failed yet that when we have those conversations, at some point in that day or that week, something is confirmed. It hasn't failed yet. Sometimes it's like, sit down. No. Other times it's a, do it this way. Try that. Or other times it's a, Herma, you are wasting my time. I've been saying the same thing. You're just not trying to hear me. Here's how we're going to do it. But ask, yeah? I think asking is a huge part of it. And then be open to hearing the answer. It usually will come to you. Proverbs 16, verse 9 says, In their hearts human pl humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. So I say all of this to say that Ultimately, everything that we need to do or want to do, let's put it before God and allow the Holy Spirit to guide us. Then, once that has happened, you need commitment, diligence, and perseverance because no road is going to be easy. I think that's also very much confirmed in the Bible. And 2 Chronicles 15.7 says, But for you, be strong and do not give up for your work will be rewarded. Now why the Bible is encouraging us is because work is not easy, right? It's going to be a challenge, but stick to it. You're gonna get there. All right, and the final one that I thought about or, or got was Proverbs 21.5 says, the plans of the diligent leads to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. I really like that one because it uses the word haste. So in other words, plan. Diligence has a thing to do with time, right? NK last week talked about grace that is in the form of time. Take the time that you get to
to make sure your plan is on the right track. And chances are you will avoid poverty, God being our helper. Okay, so now let's get down into it. What and how do you plan, okay? What I get to do is called project management. And effectively, it's taking somebody's goal, laying it out into a plan, and then setting out ways in which that plan can be achieved, right? So setting out a plan, a project consists of a concrete and organized effort motivated by a perceived opportunity when facing a problem, a need, a desire, or a source of discomfort, like when you're having to unbutton your jeans to sit all the time. And it seeks the realization of unique and innovative deliverables, such as a product, a service, a process, or in some cases, research. A project is defined by a start and an end. It's a closed dynamic system. So a project cannot be a thing that goes on into perpetuity. It has to have a starting point and an ending point. It's developed along the four Ps of management. A plan, a process, people, and then power. A power is along who needs to approve what or make something happen. And then it's bound by time, cost, and quality. Some projects produce levels of formal documentation, deliverables, and some, it's impact. But there always has to be a planned outcome for your project. There are two tools that anybody who wants to see a project through needs. Two. A pen or a writing instrument and a piece of paper or something to write on. That's it. Those are your two tools that I don't see how anybody can actually see a plan through without. Some way to write something down and to track it. And so this is actually the verse that has always guided me in project and in my work. And it says, the Lord answered me and said, write down the vision and make it plain upon tablets that he may run that readeth it. Habakkuk 2.2. That one's a standing one, right? If you haven't written it down, there's a neurological, and Pastor Joe can help me with this one, but I believe strongly there's something that happens or connects your brain and your hand. I don't know, for those of you who were even in, when we were studying, there's something about writing down notes, right? That helps with the retention of it. That helps with the processing of it. It somehow fires up your brain to start working and connecting dots. Try it. It is the smallest hack. Sometimes even typing doesn't give you that same connection. Take a pen, pencil, paper, and just start. Write the first word, I would like to, I want to, I want to do it by this time. I am doing it because this is what I want to come out of it. Or what, here is what I'm going to do with what it is I'm working on. Make that first list and then do a brain dump. Anything that comes to your mind, just start writing it down. 
it will surprise you the weird places it pops up in your head. It's almost, and this is how I see it, for me it's almost like prayer. I'm putting it down and I'm saying to God, help me see this through. And it's in doing that that oddly, when the answer is coming, you almost see the words you wrote on the paper. If you skip that step, you're exposing yourself to missing it. Write it down. Even if your handwriting is bad, it's really only for you. So write it down. There are five stages of every project. There's an initiation stage, and that's the process of even deciding that you need to have a project, right? And then it's writing down, it's doing the brain dump. It's defining your goals. You say, okay, this is how I want to do it. This is when I want to do it. This is who I think needs to work with me. And then you have your planning stage. That's when you say, okay, how far do I want to go with it? Is it two inches I want to get, gain, or is it 10 inches? And how am I going to do that? Then comes execution. So with the planning, you say, okay, it's two inches. What's the reasonable time for two inches? Research it based on your size, your weight, your diet. How much time do you really need to be able to do, lose or gain two inches? What do people typically in your age range, size, et cetera, need to do, and how long does it take? Get that information and put a plan together and say, okay, if this is a reasonable time, let me ex give myself that time. I always add a buffer. If it normally takes 10 days, add an extra 10, depending on where you're working. <clears throat> I love my country. <laughs> and then come down to execution. So now you set your time, you know this is a reasonable time, these are the steps involved. Get your execution plan together. Who is going to help me? Who are my accountability partners? Who will make sure I get up and go to the gym? Who will stop me from ordering three pieces of ice cream and cake when I go out to eat? It won't be Janet. She will encourage you to eat it. <laughs> so decide who's going to go to dinner with you or if you're going to eat home for the period that you want to do this. Okay? And then plan it out and see it through. Then comes the monitoring and control. Track your efforts. So if you know that you're somebody who stands on a scale and you don't see progress and is going to deflate your efforts, throw out the scale. Or at least take it to your friend's house and tell it to hold on to it until you're ready. <laughs> right? Do the things that will help you to see. Is it that, that pair of jeans? Put it on and wear it for the day. Do you have to still unbutton it? You're not there yet. Find a way to track your progress. Right? And in a way that doesn't deflate your progress. And then completion. I promise you in the 15 years that I have done project management, completion is the most difficult part of it. I did construction project management for 10 of the 15, well, 12 of the 15 years. And that involves going through the building, getting as-built drawings. So you, before you go into construction, you do your drawings, right? And then after you've done the drawings, they need to do as-built drawings because chances are, we plan to put this pillar here, but in the actual building, we moved it by three inches. In which case, the as-built needs to demonstrate that there's three inches that it's moved because there might be an electrical cable that's running underneath it and somebody will go to drill. If they don't use as-built drawings, they'll go in there, electric shock, dead, right? So it has to be precision work. So as-built drawings, closing out a project is painful. Snagging a project. I now walk through buildings and I don't look at detail because when you become the kind of person who has to snag a project, it means you need to look at everything that was planned and what was actually done and see everything that was wrong with what was actually done and try and get it corrected. 
And oftentimes, correcting it is so much more painful. So the client or the contractor might agree that it's going to be too costly as far as time is concerned, so leave it alone. I used to hate walking back into my projects because I would see the wall just waving. Now you walk in and see a beautiful wall, but I'm sitting there like, <laughs> I really want that wall to be fixed. But I've learned not to look at those things anymore. My mother will attest to this. I, I, I went to a friend's house in Lagos, and I came out of the house, I was like, I can't go back in there anymore. <laughs> and we still laugh about it today. There were still spacers in the wall from the tilers. At some point, I had to go and take tweezers and try and pull them out because they were sitting right in my line of sight. But closing out means making sure that what you had intended is where you end up. Sometimes, as NK is saying, it's about stock taking, right? That's when you do your inventory. That's when you make your list of, this is what I wanted to do. This is how I wanted to do it. Along the way, I had to change direction a few times. Write down the lessons. Why did you have to change direction? And in, in changing direction, was it a beneficial change? Or next time, you should have just stuck it through. Maybe you just needed time for that thing to succeed, right? Because sometimes you can get pressure. No, 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 we need to get results. So everybody says, okay, change plans. You change plans and you realize, mm -mm, actually wasn't the right way. You could have stuck your course and you would have gotten there sooner. So it's important at the end of every project to take stock, to actually go back and identify what it is that you did right and what you did wrong in order to, be imp to improve the process the next time. So once you've finished all of that, rinse and repeat, right? It's a cycle. Everything in life is about projects. It's about setting goals and about seeing them through. So if you don't take the time to go through the closure process, the stock-taking process, you might keep making the same mistakes because you didn't take the time to write it out. And if you had written it out, you could go back and say, ah, I meant to do it this way, okay. Next time, let me try it better. So I'm going to leave you with some of the less professional ways in which I do projects, or how I approach regular projects or achieving goals in my regular life, not my professional life. The first step, like I said, is write it down. Do a brain dump. The second is organize your thoughts. Think about what needs to happen in what order. That's not so hard, right? You need to brush your teeth. Usually you need a toothbrush first. Then you need some toothpaste. Or oh, it depends if you're going to use chewing sponge, that one too, or trapia, that one too. You just go with it. But think about it, there are clear steps to achieving something. So first, write down what it is you want to do, and then break down the steps into what it's going to take for you to do that. Then identify the low-hanging fruit, the things you can do quickly, because it helps to motivate you. If it's something you can do very quickly and make your lists go down, say if you had 10 things, and there are things that you can do within an hour, and once you're done with them, you're you end up with a list of three things. It's motivation. I was like, oh, I've done well. Good. I can keep going. If you don't take the low-hanging fruit, sometimes you can throw yourself off because you get stuck on something. But as much as the low-hanging fruit is important, sometimes you find that there are some things, some nasty frogs, that you keep trying to swallow. Now, the frogs, can you imagine swallowing a frog? Like, think about it in your mind. Somebody gave you a frog right now, live. It's alive. Ribbit, 
and says, swallow it. <laughs> How's that going to go? Not exciting, right? There's some things that are like that in our lives, aren't they? They're nasty frogs that we need to deal with. And it's not exciting to have to do. So I borrowed this from Mark Twain. And it says, <laughs> the frog is the most difficult thing on your list to do. If you know you have to swallow a frog, swallow it first thing in the morning. If there are two frogs, swallow the big one first. Now the thinking on this is, use your best energy to achieve the most difficult thing. So if you're a morning person, then this applies to you. Wake up, use your best energy, face that thing, grab the bull by its horns. If you, it's like penicillin or chloroquine, right? Is it kinky, bunk? What do you need to cover it to take it down? Grab it and swallow it, and the big one first. Chances are you might wait till the next day to finish the second one, because sometimes they're that ugly. But if you're an evening person, then wait until then. But find when you are at your best self and take those bulls, take those frogs, and gulp it down. The same way you did when you had to take really nasty medicine. And once you clear that nastiness off your list, that also lifts you, right? You're like, ha, I got that one done. Now I'm ready to take the rest of the world on. I can do anything. So there's two approaches. Either you take on the frog, the ugly one first, if you're a morning person, or you get the low-hanging fruit out, and then you find the right energy to take on the uglier ones. So that's how I typically go about my regular everyday tasks. I'm going to end with a psalm to encourage you. It says, Psalm 20 verse 4 says, May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. So ask God to help you. And if I'm any kind of a testimony, you're definitely going to get that help. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If it blessed you, share it with a friend. For more information on how to fellowship with Accra Community Church, visit our website, www.accrachurch.org. God bless you.